The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. It is another film study as we break down the offense. A little different this week as these episodes have came out on the weekend. So if you missed the defense episode, check your podcast player because that came out yesterday or really two days ago. As this today we're releasing on Monday morning. That one came out Saturday morning. Ken, how are you doing? Life's good, Josh. How about you? Uh, see, this is 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 confusing. We got got very, very confusing. We got two cans. (laughs) So I, I'll make it. I'll make it easy on you. You could just say I'm KZ. Yeah. So and that's so that's that's just introduce KZ Ken Zalas, 
who I listen to every Thursday over on the uh, Fantasy Football Show over on Pressbox. Ken, how you do? Ken, KZ will go with how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, uh, we got lots to talk about as far as the uh, offense this week because the Ravens put up a bunch of points, 42 points. Really, is nice to see them uh, have a big day again on offense after the game at Buffalo and and uh, the game before that, where it seemed like. You know, the offense was, particularly the game in Buffalo where they had all the punts, really seemed like the offense had uh, downshifted considerably. Yeah, and we'll get into that in just a few moments. Casey, why don't you fill our listeners in in your background and uh, what's going on? I know you've got, I guess, one more week left of your fantasy show over on Pressbox. Yeah, we're going to do it for one more week. Uh, I've been... uh the fantasy football and also NFL draft writer for Pressbox. I guess we're going on five years now. Uh, lots of history in the fantasy industry since 2003. Been all up and down the dial, I guess it is. And, you know, people, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter and follow me on the page of Pressbox. But we do a podcast, 30 minutes or so, Glenn Clark, Kyle Oppenheimer, and uh, have a good time with it. Have a lot of fun. All Very right. cool. That's great. That All right. right. You ready offense. to dig how into the game? About the, how do you feel about the upshifting the offense, getting back 42 points on a clear, cold night? I, You know, it, it not really unexpected, uh, considering the opponent, uh, the New York Jets, and uh, kind of talked about this a, a little bit when people were kind of asking me about uh, Lamar Jackson this week. It's really difficult to prepare from for Lamar Jackson on any week. Uh, but on a Thursday night game, it's almost impossible when NFL teams really don't practice. Uh, and you can't you can watch all the tape you want and see the tendencies. But the speed of the Ravens offense, we've heard it from multiple opponents, has really caught them off guard. I, you can't. It's why maybe we go back and we worry a little bit about the second time somebody sees the Ravens. Uh, but it was not a surprise. And, you know, what, what else can you say about Lamar this year? Every time there there's a situation and, and he's been doubted, uh, he steps up. And the national stage is really his Monday night game and now the Thursday night game. He's just been absolutely fantastic in the pocket, out of the pocket, whatever he does, it's just worked for him. So not a total shock that they were dominant on the offensive side of the ball against the New York Jets. Yeah, and that uh, uh, certainly was great to see that happen. What I look at when I see the Ravens and teams playing them is other teams come to play the Ravens, and they are great at playing set-piece football. You know, effectively, uh, you know, lining up all their armies appropriately, if you want to think of it that way, to, to most effectively fight the opponent. It goes very much true in terms of edge rushers, who the Ravens have a, a, a proud, you know, 14-week tradition now of, of neutralizing with the read option. But it goes for, for other elements of the game as well. It's just it, it, dealing with the speed of the Ravens offense, very difficult. Dealing with the additional angles and time that Lamar creates is very difficult. Uh, and, and dealing with having your best run defender on the side where the run is going, being taken out of the play on a regular basis, is something that there just does not seem to be another team that's figured out how to deal with it. No, there hasn't. And and it, it's one of those things that as this offense has evolved, you feel like there there's more in the bag for the Ravens to bring out. Uh, it was really great to see 
that I believe they had nine or ten receptions from wide receivers this week, uh, which has been one of the things that uh, the media has brought up is that you know if you stop if you stop the tight ends and you stop uh, Mark Ingram, the Ravens really don't have anything. Well, you know Seth Roberts got involved with with three catches and a touchdown. Marquise Brown, uh, you know, who came off a couple of really poor performances, whether that's by design or, or whether it's, you know, the kind of situation they ran weather. into with, with weather and things like that. But four catches and, and, and a great toe tap in the back of the end zone. But even, you know, Steed catches a ball. Boykin, who every once in a while, he you know, it's like uh, Groundhog Day. Every once in a while he pops out and we see a shadow and he catches a touchdown pass. But uh, that was really positive for me watching them as they evolve because the more you put that on tape, the more other teams are going to have to figure out, okay, well, maybe they're not just – if we take away – the tight ends, they have some people that can, that can burn you. And, and the, the fact that Lamar is throwing so accurately um, and so effectively and efficiently uh, is really going to make this team a, a, a tough, no matter who they face going forward. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Now we're going to get into a lot of the individual performances, a lot more information on Lamar as we go through this, but uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the story of the day, which is the Terrell Suggs, uh, release yesterday was the story. Yes. Of course, the waiver option that the Ravens have. But then beyond that, the statement today that came out via Adam Schefter, so it's a hearsay statement, saying that he would strongly consider not reporting to any other team other than the Ravens. You know, it's a strong statement. Uh, we'll see if it works. Uh, and, and nobody else will claim him. I, I would think that somebody would kind of play defense on this for the Ravens uh, against the Ravens and uh, kind of try to block uh, Suggs coming back. Um, it'll also be interesting what, what the Ravens want to do. I will assume based on what we saw against San Francisco, that they would encourage a Terrell Suggs to come, if nothing else, help them set the edge uh, as long as there's not something else behind him leaving and there's no hard feelings with him going to Arizona. Uh, I think it would be a great uh, addition. Um, I think he can definitely help the young pass rushers, if nothing else, being a extra set of eyes and watching what they do, giving some uh, suggestions. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, it sounds like it, it's Ravens or bust for him. And we'll, uh, we'll see if another NFL team steps in and says, well, you know, we'll let him sit on the sidelines. We're not letting the Ravens get him. That really is the question at this point is, is there another team that has the resources and it's $353,000 of cap money. So not, it's not free, it's something that we're willing to, to, to set that aside and uh, maybe have him play because he might report. I'm sure he wants the NFL career playoff sack record. And uh, other than that, I mean, I think that, that they, a lot of teams would not want the Ravens to get him. I don't think they're really that concerned about what Terrell Suggs is individually. But given it's one of the Ravens' weaknesses, they would like to keep it that way. So let's take a moment to talk about Lamar Jackson, Ken, because I think, hey, that's something we talk about when we're Ravens fans. Second straight game in tough weather in that wind in Buffalo uh, was, you know, not encouraging, a little bit concerning, perhaps in terms of the playoff weather. Very nice comeback on Thursday night. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. Uh, look, you know, Buffalo 
Buffalo is a tough place to play, and they're a good football team and with a really good defense. They've played good defense all year long, so it's not. It wasn't a shock to me that they they you know he struggled a little bit and they try to limit. I mean, there are teams that they face this year that just don't have the personnel that a Buffalo or or a 49ers team has. So uh, you know, it, it was a great comeback. It it, it showed. I think he's one of those guys that seems to get up for that national TV audience. Um, that goes back to his college days. He was always uh, he was always on par on those big games. So yeah, it's uh, certainly that's certainly a very positive quality. Have ample time and space in this game on eleven of twenty four dropbacks, forty six percent. That's a three second pocket, Ken, as we define it here. Uh, it's a high percentage for two thousand nineteen. Uh, it, it works out to an expected yards number, and this is using Flacco's 2010 to 2017 standards of 144 yards with an actual of 212, plus 68, excellent for one game, particularly on only 24 dropbacks. So that's, uh, what, two and change yards per throw better than expectation. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, on, on top of all that, you know, to the – Without bringing in too many stats, he threw a touchdown pass every every three completions. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's good stuff if if you can continue at that pace. And uh, look, he he's a he's a handful right now. Um, you know, we we got all the stuff. We we see the running, but the the fact that he is now a weapon uh, through the air and through the pocket. I think he's answered a lot of his critics this year where you know, he's just a he's just a runner and things like that. Uh, he can throw the football. Let the, him throw. The, the the critics that have not had their questions answered are wearing freaking earmuffs at this point. They're just they don't want to have that question answered. Jackson in this game 10.9 yards on his average completion in the air. That's, I mean that's, that's that's remarkable. Right yeah, it's you know yak on top of that. And, uh, and he only had 11.4 average air yards on his incompletes, and that included that bomb to Andrews that was one of the unfortunate overthrows of the day, but a great throw. Uh, sorry, a great uh, play that was open. I'll say that. Right, great right. Yeah. But uh, outstanding, uh, outstanding day. He had a lot of help from his receivers in this game. He did get a good toe tap from Brown, good, good catch in the end zone from Roberts, who was covered and somewhat distracted, but great game. No, it was a great game, and and you know the fact that they were able to, you know, average almost six yards a carry from the running backs. Uh, you know, Lamar Lamar's a different category for me with his runs, but that just makes everything so much easier. I mean, you have to you have to crash down on the Ravens. It's a very difficult offense right now when everything's clicking as it hit, has most of the season to defend. You 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 have to. What do you what do you choose, Ken? If you if you're defending the Ravens, what do you choose? Do you do you spy on Lamar and leave everybody one on one for him? Or I think, uh, you know, if you're asking the question, not asking it rhetorically, which I mean, you might have been headed for rhetorical. No, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually asking in the in the purposes of a conversation on Lamar. If you're if you 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 just did the defensive side of the ball. If you're a defensive coordinator, you, you can't cover it all. What Buffalo did is the most effective that I've seen so far. So what they were able to do, and it was weather-related, I don't think it, it can right. be replicated without weather, was to basically use the wind as their extra safeties, much as the way the Ravens did in the game. The Ravens played a lot of cover zero. Bring them up close to the line of scrimmage and be able to exchange into the appropriate gaps with those players, which you know shut down a lot of what Lamar's able to do in terms of finding that gap 
to run with. Now, most other teams, if it's a clear cold night, I hope, a clear warm night, we already know, he will have the ability to throw easily to find the tight end, to, to beat, you know, beat your zone coverages, to take time and find angles, uh, whatever he needs to do to, to, to pass effectively if you try and shut down the run. The read option to me has been the, the, the biggest thing in terms of being able to shred good opposing run defenses. And I've just been I've been continually amazed at how effective that's been. It is. I mean, what the Jets come in averaging almost 80 yards, giving up 80 yards on the ground and Ravens go for 200 plus. And uh, they've done this over and over again. It's you know, I don't want to bring it back to a college thing, but we just we just saw Army Navy uh, today. So it's like teams don't know how to defend that. You don't practice against it. You can't do you, you can't you don't have the scout team. To, to run that offense. Who's who's in any team that they're going to play? I mean, you look at they're coming up on Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Who's running? Who's Lamar on their scout team that no, they can try to replicate it? It's very difficult to to deal with. You're you're absolutely right, and it, it, it's like learning how to dance again. These are a bunch of you know ten year old right. kids or whatever they be trying to learn how to dance, and and uh, they just don't understand the steps. At this point, and they, you know, they, they, they need to understand all the things about how to defend the gap, and you can put it on a whiteboard, and then all of a sudden you have to face Lamar Jackson, that additional degree of athleticism. I thought one of the interesting comments that came out this week with regard to the world read option came from Greg Cosell, who said that most of the Ravens' runs, as far as he can say, are designed runs where it's just a matter of when he pulls the ball and not if on that read option. One of the really interesting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, it it does matter, and I'll tell you why. The why here's the difference. So so if if Lamar is just working off a read, meaning he's trying to determine if that edge defender is going after the running back or going after him, he he he's extraordinarily yes cerebral about it. He's been terrific at. It. I think we can agree. But if he's instead working off the leverage foot, say of that edge defender, which then he'd be right. He'd be right still a fair portion of the time because he still might be going after the running back, but he also could be right right just because the, the defender's on the wrong foot and Lamar can easily then out outpace him. And it may be that as well. So it may be a combination of the two that he's both good and he's also very good at reading just the leverage. Yeah, I mean, it, look, he's, he, he, he has amazed me this year with how he reads the defense, not only on the, the, the read option. But just knowing what de- what what defenses are trying to do to him in the passing game as well, uh, he 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 is he has progressed. Look, I love the pick, and we we go back in the history. I love the pick. I love the player. I had no idea that he was going to be able to progress this quickly from what we saw from last year, and you know, a change in offensive philosophy a little bit it has a lot to do with that uh his teammates trust him but i I just you don't know sometimes the camera if you watch it on tv you you have no idea who has the ball and and the camera and that that's all you have to they they have one job it's like follow the ball and they have no idea where it is what's a defender going to do that's that's five feet away from them um it's 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 one of those things that you know, you you go forward. I, I I've said it before. Um, you, you better have a way to replicate it. You better have seen it somewhere. 
because you're not going to be able to do it live on, on the on the learn as you go it's not one of those to those, those situations so it, it's fun right now uh, it's true that if uh, if they uh, uh, in terms of the read option I think defenses are going to have to find ways to out fake Lamar I mean obviously Lamar is making a decision about what's going on in the pocket it may be that the read option defender needs to figure out how to move his feet differently to make Lamar misread that play and I don't know if, if that's if that's the coming in the next generation or whatnot. But to me, um, I don't know what I do to face, you know, to have to, to have to face this offense right now in terms of all it can do. And, you know, obviously the last two weeks they punted, what, 11 times. That just seems an outrageous amount. And then you realize they're still scoring an absurd number of, of, of points. Right. <laughs> so yes. uh, it is what it is. All right, let's move on a little bit. Uh, talk about the offensive line a little bit at this point. I'm going to – Go through the scoring for each of them as I as I have it. I know a lot of people are interested in that, in particular in Hurst and Macari, Macari. I got to start pronouncing his name correctly uh, each week. But uh, we obviously had James Hurst stepping in at left tackle again. Now, can you describe your own uh, pregame concerns or rituals regarding James Hurst playing at left tackle? Uh it's not a positive one. Uh, he's a better. I thought he played really well at guard uh, last year at certain times. Um, he has not been good in his NFL career at tackle. Uh, so there was some concern there. You know, the the nice part is is that they play. Uh, my concern level was a little less because in the past uh, we didn't have to worry about this three headed tight end monster. So there's always the, 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 the blocking scheme could always be over there to help the, somebody could chip them. You could have some extra help on the side, but I was really pleasantly surprised. I'm eager to hear your grade because I thought the offensive line was really, really good. Um, uh, especially Hurst. Uh, I don't remember his name called. And if I don't hear somebody's name, that's usually a pretty usually good, a good thing. A pretty yeah. good thing. And I, from just, uh, just from what I saw and and the way they were were handling him, I I didn't see that they always gave him help, but I thought he 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 held up really really well. Yeah, he uh, he did in this game. This fifty seven plays, fifty three blocks, gave up one penetration and one and a half pressures for his only negative events. So point uh, eighty four per play. That's before adjustment. With adjustment, he gets up to an A minus grade. Uh, at a point eighty seven, three blocks in level two. He had one pancake, a uh, really nice highlight block uh, combo. And, uh, you know, it's just his his game was so far above where I thought was a reasonable hope for him to return to tackle after an injured and bad second half at guard. A decent but a lot of help first half at tackle. And then he, of course, been good. I think this is what you're really referring to in 2017 at guard when yes. he played there for most of the year. He really had a he had a pretty good year. If I'm James Hurst's agent after 2017, I would have said, "Look, just forget Hurst as a, as a tackle. He wants to play guard, and and we'll sign a contract where he can play guard, kind of thing, because because that's his better position." Right. But you know, the Ravens signed him to a a, a large contract. You know, I think we'll agree it was. It's I think. It was a shocking contract when they did it. Yeah, a shocking contract when they did it. And, and when you look at it this year, there was only a million in savings. But he, they didn't have a plan to use him anywhere but tackle, clearly. Because he was never really in the guard discussion. At least it does not appear he never was. 
You know, there was even talk of moving to center. That was a complete load of crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so really, they only he's not a swing man. He's just a pure backup tackle. And I don't think you can have a 17 million dollar four year contract for a pure backup tackle. Yeah, uh, it, I don't think it works. Um, it, it does help when you have a, a, a quarterback on a rookie contract. So that 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 kind of allows you to do things like that for a little bit. But uh, it allows you to burn money and roll it up into cigarettes, if that's what you're talking about, because that money's all you can all push that forward. No, yeah. no bad move is ever justified with the cap. Uh, it's not. Uh, it just, again, shocking contract when they did it, um, especially as it's turned out that, like you said, they signed him to be a swing tackle um, where I kind of expected him to, to maybe be a, a guard and, you know, uh, he probably still is a guard at times. If, if the, if the situation presented itself, I think you can trust him there. Um, but I, but again, uh, you gave him an a minus, uh, I'd have been happy with a B minus, uh, going into the game with the history that we've seen, uh, from him at, at tackle. So, uh, maybe some of that is, is is just like I said, some of the some of the ways that they, they their offense is. It's not a traditional. I have to pass block, uh, you know, thirty five times uh, anymore. So uh, yeah, he does get more down block opportunities on those side, which is something Brown has really benefited from all season yeah. because of the read option. So he he yeah. basically is allowed to let that defender in. So that's true. I'm going to move on to Bradley Bozeman if that's all right here. On a great streak of four straight Bs going into this game, by the way, for Bozeman. So he had really turned his season around. Uh, I thought there was a chance he might be replaced um, when over the bye week before the Seattle game. But then he had his best game of the year at that point. He had his new best of the game of the year last night, or on Thursday night, I should say, uh, against the Jets. So uh, missed five blocks, no negative scores of any sort, uh, 0.91 per play, adjusted to an A. Uh, was an A even without adjustment. Four blocks in level two. Made all, all eight pulls, which has been something we've really been a pleasant thing from Bozeman. Had the rep coming out of school as a guy who was a quarter step too slow in the zone blocking game, which may well be true. But even with a little bit slower movement, he's been effective. And pre- predominantly with Skura, he's avoided any of the trip issues and the other issues moving from left to right when pulling. Yeah, I... He has played really, really well, as you just said. Um, when he was coming out, I, I loved the pick because I loved <coughs> him as a center. Um, and I was kind of surprised that they, they right away uh, pushed him to guard because uh, he was so effective at Alabama. But uh, he's taken to it. Um, big man, moves in space. When he gets to the second level, it's where the big runs seem to occur uh, from from, uh, from uh, Ingram. When, when it happens. So uh, he's really come into his own. And, and you got to remember, I mean, you don't know exactly what the learning curve is. He did not play a lot of guard in college. I don't know. You know, he was primarily their center. Uh, and there's a there's a learning curve. It's, it, it happens. It's it's the speed of the game. Um, it, it's a it's a different position. And he's really he's come. He's been a pleasant surprise at at uh, at guard this year. You know, when they drafted Powers, I thought maybe they were un, really unhappy with him. Um, but he's uh, he stepped up to the challenge and you know played really well the other night. 
Well, there were, there were reasons to believe maybe after last year that Bozeman would have been a backup center guard anyway, and then he won this left guard role in camp. Powers, I don't I don't know what to think at this point. Ronis Grasso and Parker Eanger were were ahead of him on the on the uh, activations yesterday, and I just it, that doesn't make any sense to me. Something is wrong. He may, maybe he's slightly hurt, maybe he's just like not progressed at all, but. Something it seems to be very wrong in terms of where Ben Powers is right now. Well, maybe it's also some of the going back. They don't they don't really play rookies type thing. You know, they have to prove themselves. I know they've been forced to. I don't know. Um, it's, I can't, can it's I just I gotta I gotta right take now. a I gotta I gotta answer that one right now. Is okay. I don't I don't really believe that it's the rookie thing when you go to the street and find two pikers like Inger <laughs> and Grassou, and they're taking a spot that he could otherwise be filling. And I also, you know, with Grassou, maybe they're saying we don't really trust Bozeman at center is part of what they're saying because— That could be. Yeah, that they want to—they they don't want to move him is, I think, the more likely way yeah. that they're really saying it. But Grassou played a game at guard last year for the Ravens and was very bad, so I, I, I wouldn't expect that that's the case. I'm just— I'm, I'm concerned developmentally about what this means for Powers, and and uh, I don't think there's any positive nuance to this that I can pick out. That's the uh, the silver lining. But anyway, b- apologize for interrupting you. Yeah, I mean we'll uh, we'll see we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, again, good tape coming out of college seems to fit what the Ravens want to do, which is a power running game. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Hadn't been able to hadn't been able to get active yet. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the next player, the, the one pretty much everybody's been wanting to hear, they're all asking me about how is McCary doing every week now, uh, didn't have the greatest game again. And one of his problems has been missing blocks. So he's missed eight, seven, and six blocks. Actually, I think it was seven, eight, and six blocks the last three weeks. This week, he also allowed half a pressure, a quarterback hit, and a, and had a false start when he moved his feet. And I, the, the rest of the team seemed to be going uh what do you mean? He didn't move, and 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 he seemed to know that he'd moved, and was already kind of like tapping his chest uh, on the thing, which is 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 uh you know it was what it was. But uh, they showed him from behind; they saw him move his feet, and that's usually the death nail where you get the uh, you get flagged for it if the official sees it. Yeah, I, like I, center seems like the the one thing. I mean, uh, you know, last year, you know, Skura started off really slow, came back and and kind of established himself, and was good till he got hurt this year. Lot to lot to ask of of how are we pronouncing his name now? Macari. Macari, yeah. Macari. Yeah. <laughs> I think we pronounced it wrong every for the first half of the year. Um, he he has to improve, um, but at the same time, they're they're going to continue to give him the help, and and he has. I like him when when he's gotten to the second level. Um, he does. It seems like when they give him more to do. He struggles a little bit, uh, which may be, you know, kind of the inexperienced part of it. But overall, I, I I go in to each game and it's like, just just don't make the tragic mistake. Just mm-hmm. don't whiff on somebody. Don't get Lamar or, or Ingram killed on a on a play that's coming up your back or, or whatever. Um, so it, it's it's passable for me. And I think right now with the way the Ravens offense is and way the offensive line is playing as a whole, you can deal with uh, a little bit of a issue um, from the center because they, they know that that's the weak link right now on the, on the offensive line. You know, it's surprising when you think about it, that McCary has come in and stepped in for 
Skura at a point in the season where Skura was playing well. Yes. And 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 now McCary got, has had a B minus C and a D in his three games. Actually, it's been four games because of the Rams. A D, B minus C, D in those four games. He came in in the Rams game where replaced Skura right. in that one. Uh, so you know, it's McCary hasn't fallen off the charts. That's what I really like. Another thing I really like about McCary is that he's a very physical center. In fact, he's more physical, I'd say, than Skura. He's like halfway between Skura and Jensen. The problem is his arm length. I, I hate to bring that up every single show, but he has <laughs> two more shed action verbs among the missed blocks on the score sheet here. So that's that's a, uh, you know, it's an ongoing issue, and it's something that he can't necessarily correct. Uh, you know, we've, we have seen some other linemen with shorter arms succeed. It's incredible to me that McCary seems to have compensated for it in college by playing tackle, pass blocking at a very high level with those arms. So he, I know he, he, there's things he can do, but it's it's a, it's a concern. Yeah, it's going to be a concern going forward. But uh, again, you know, if you uh, we can't have the D's, but I think if you can get them B minus to 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 C plus, they can work with that. It just can't be the awful uh, the 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 D's or, or worse on any given Sunday. Yeah, there's actually I'll tell you the scoring system and how it works is if if. If you're a C, that's fine. That's an average uh, player at the NFL level. Professors. Getting C's is absolutely fine. I know all professors say that. This is this actually true in my grading system. I mean, I, I love to have some A's and B's, but all C's is fine. Uh, what, what, what will happen often is players will get a fair number of F's, and there's tremendous range in the outcome of F games. You can have an F game where you're completely off the charts, 30 points from passing, or you can have an F game where you're just, you know, a couple of points from passing, and it's a big difference. So that's where I kind of make the differentiation. But uh, but actually, uh, you know, having a D every fourth game with never having an F with McCary would be probably okay with what he's doing right now at center. I wouldn't love it, but it'd be, but it'd be better, better than having the kind of variation that we've seen before out of players like Zuda, Gredkowski and and uh, Shipley in terms of their previous right, players. Right, right. I I I don't want to go D's in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, that's, I'll, I'll buy you on that. <laughs> All right, Marshall Yanda, another big game here. Uh, didn't score an A. Had three missed blocks, one point five pressures, and a B plus overall. Four blocks in level two. Three highlights for Marshall in this game, which was nice. I think they were all combination blocks, but I'm not looking at them right now to know for sure. So uh, I've got the the number only in front of me. I mean, uh, as as steady and as reliable as you can get. So I, hey, when we when we talk about offensive line and every week, it's like it's the one guy that I never even. I, it, it's funny. I don't even watch him as much as I watch the other people because I I just know it's going to be. Uh, pretty solid, and you know, uh, a B plus is probably a down week for him. Um, in, in yeah. most cases, <laughs> in, in most cases, so it's like I, I don't even. It's like that person you just put there and say, "Okay, you're good. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna pay attention to everybody else." He's that guy on the Ravens' offensive line for me, and you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll be in that Ring of Honor, and that probably can at some points. He, he's that good. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I certainly hope it goes to Canton and and earlier rather than later. We'll see how long it is. I think actually he'll benefit from playing in the PFF era, where a lot of people are scoring linemen, and you're not relying on you know 72 year old writers right. to change their view of something, which doesn't happen very often. So they're they're you know arguing about the way things were. But anyway, hey, we we have less of that in terms of the 
uh, movement of the All Pro is much more fluid than it than it was in in past years. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Brown uh, uh, had been on a streak of four straight A's. He's had now a, a C plus and a C, I believe, the last two weeks. This was a C. Had 1.5 pressures allowed. Here's the big thing: Brown had 10 missed blocks in this game, and most of them I differentiate a lot between the 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 danger associated with some missed blocks. If you miss a block in the passing game, but the ball was out quickly, that's usually a pretty bad thing. If you whiff, but the run still goes for positive yardage, that's still probably a bad thing. But when you move to level two and try and find a block and you're a tackle and the play's going the other way, that's not too bad. And a lot of his, a lot of his in this game were L2 and B, level two, no block, uh, it, you know, because there just wasn't anyone for him to block on, on a run to the opposite side. And those I'm less concerned about. He had at least four of those in this game among these ten. So, uh, you know, not seriously, not as serious a problem as uh, as would otherwise be. No, uh, he's been so good this year. Uh, he was a guy when when you go back to to draft that I was always worried about just because of the work ethic, but he's been he's been fantastic, and uh, I don't worry about that side of the ball. Uh, you know, that side of the line. Uh, normally, uh, you know, this week, uh, especially for my eyes, they were on the other side watching Hurst. So some of the some of the no blocks that you pick up on that you're you're more in depth of looking for, uh, I probably didn't even see because I'm not looking at that side of the line with with him and Yanda um, as much. But he's been so good this year. That I, I maybe uh, maybe situationally uh, the Buffalo game was a was a weird type game where they played a little bit differently because like you pointed out earlier in the show because they were playing more people on, near the line of scrimmage because of the way the wind was uh, this week uh, you know I, sometimes you don't have to do a whole lot if they're not running to your side with this offense right. so um, like 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 you said so uh, not worried about him in the least uh, going forward. All right, me either. So that takes us through the offensive line. We had Parker Eincher came in for for nine snaps. And I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Not sure it matters, but depending on how long he's here, it might not. Uh, nine plays, six blocks. He missed three. He also had an illegal formation penalty. The Ravens were jumping up and down that he'd already reported. I haven't been able to find video which shows him actually rubbing his jersey, but uh, but uh, you have you heard from anyone or anything at the castle around there? I- I have not heard anything, but you you look at the reaction from the Ravens, and they were quite certain that 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 they that they had you know had he reported and thought he saw uh, I, I at least saw one person point at a referee <laughs> uh, during during the discussion and say, "Hey, he reported you, you saw him." So uh, not not too concerned about that. It seems like sometimes they just. They're 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 so being trying to be so innovative that that maybe they just get lost in themselves a couple of times. We've seen it this year, uh, trying to be so elaborate. We've seen the the illegal formation pop up every now and then. So not not too worried about that. Yeah, me either. I think that's a that's the way to be. I am I'm really impressed by the offense in at another level. We 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 come back. We have a very impressive drive chart from this game. And I'm about drive per drive numbers and the Ravens are at a historic level in those those times. Ravens, by the way, right now three point one nine points per drive, and that excludes end of half, end of game kneel drives, but three point one nine points per drive, which is the fourth highest 
in NFL history, trailing the the Patriots and the Chiefs and Saints of last year, but the Patriots of 2007. Uh, they were ahead. They were at 3.41 a little bit earlier this year, but uh, uh, still outstanding. What impressed me more about this game, you know, and, and we've seen this certainly in recent weeks, is the scripted plays are so outstanding. They include a bunch of play action. They include a bunch of concepts that are, they're, I think they're, force-feeding the dance steps to Lamar. And I don't want to put down Lamar in any way, but he has a certain level of discomfort with certain things. And and one of them is turning his back to the field. They, they kind of have to script a lot of play action or maybe put him through in the walkthroughs to, to get him to really get comfortable with it. But, uh, but that's been some of the really great plays that they've had during these scripted sequences. And again, three touchdowns on three drives on, on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- that's the key. It's like you get off to a quick start, and I, I like that they come out, you know, you saw a little bit of everything on the first drive, you know, first play goes to Hurst and then you, you, you mix that in with a run, you know, on a keeper and you come back with the, with Ingram. And then all of a sudden through three plays, the, the, the defense has got to be thinking, okay, I have no idea what he's going to do. We thought he was going to run on the first play. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, the fact that they were so efficient, so, I mean, it, it, it seemed like they were playing seven-on-seven seven drills for the first three drives. That's how easily they moved down the field. So uh, getting off to a quick start with this offense is always important because we've already seen this year how well they play keep away and how they can grind out long drives in the second half and just keep the ball away from the opposing team. And that's going to be important as we get into the, as the Ravens get into the playoffs and they face teams that can score quickly. uh, You know, if they have to play a Kansas city once again, so things like that, you know, you make a great point there. And, and one of the things is you, 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 Teams are live in fear of being behind the Ravens. I think that the point of that the Ravens can't come from behind, it hasn't really been tested this year because they've been so good early in games. Right, they right. haven't really been behind by a significant amount. But I don't I don't, wouldn't have the same fear of it that I would have had in 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 past years. What I what I will say is that other teams have to feel like when they're down 14 to three in the first half, as often is true after, you know, two drives of ours and one of theirs, or or two and two, uh, that they're almost like in the fourth inning against a maybe a Yankees team of the last decade or so where the bullpen is just has five guys lined up to come in for an inning each who all throw 100 miles an hour to shut you down. And it's the fourth inning already and you're down 14 to three. You know, what do you do about that? Uh, and, and, you know, you just you, you get behind. You can't catch up. And it's not a matter of you can't score it all on the defense. The defense has been somewhat permeable at times this year. The problem is. The offense is just going to put another seven on the board. Well, and, and you saw that, you know, when it got when the Jets sort of, you know, got a little bit back into the game in the second half and the Ravens just go down once again uh, and, and score again. You're like, OK, we're just we can't stop this team and, and they can do whatever they want. I, You know, you look at you look at the the, the drives, though. I mean, they're they're. They were they were quick for the Ravens. I mean, they're they're five play drives and a touchdown, six play drives, and a touchdown. Um, you know, the it, it's just and you give the if you ever give this team a short field, uh, it, you know, you're playing left handed because it, it's it's almost unfair the the rate that they're 
that they chew up yards and they score touchdowns, how efficient they are at scoring touchdowns. And, you know, uh, you, you almost you almost forget about Justin Tucker sometimes. It used to be, you know, you had to account for two or three Justin Tucker field goals every week, and now you're lucky if you get one. Yeah. <laughs> they've been so efficient. Right. It's been it's been remarkable. I mean, the, the other teams, I think, have to look at the Ravens offense and say, not only do we have to pay keep away just to keep scoring, but there's no field long enough to stop the Ravens. And- yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree with that. Uh, can, can I talk about the one complaint I have on one of their drives? Go to I, it. I, I, I did not love. I was excited when they got the ball back just under two minutes in the first half. Because I wanted Ravens have not had an opportunity, like you said, they haven't played from behind, mm-hmm. and they have. I was like, I want to see Lamar run the two minute drill, and then it seems like they took the foot off the gas. Uh, he was throwing the ball so efficiently, a couple of runs, and I was like, what, what are what are we trying to do here? I would have maybe it's one of those things where we're, we're comfortably ahead of twenty one to seven. I don't want to show anybody on film what we like to do. I was just I maybe personally disappointed. Because I wanted to see Lamar run the two-minute drill, and I didn't get that opportunity. Um, so it's just kind of a curious, hey, let's put this game out of reach type thing for me. And they're like, ah, well, we're okay going into the locker room up 14 points. Yeah, they've they've shown a willingness to do a lot of things. I mean, obviously they've gone for it on fourth down some. They had the fake punt in Miami when they were comfortably up on, in the opening game. Uh, they they've shown plenty of willingness to go for play four down football. But I think Harbaugh kind of has a thing. First of all, it's, it's playing against a lesser team. You should take less chances because you're you you want you don't want the game to come down to one or two or three plays. You want it to be decided over the predominance of plays where you're gonna have, you should have a big advantage. So if they're playing the Chiefs, maybe they'd have tried for a score there. If they're if they're but playing the Jets or you know playing Miami, that's not the place where you you, you try and run the two minute drill. And this, Unless you want to prove it to yourself, like you're saying, maybe they would just want to see themselves what they can what they can do, which would be, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I, I again, you you they're they're uh, way more knowledge than we have of of rhyme or reason, and and your point's well taken. Uh, you didn't need to do it there. Um, you know, you, you felt like you probably could have won the game with 21 points if you needed to. I know it didn't work out that way. You know, they, they scored 21 total points, but uh, the jets that, that is, but uh, you know, your points well taken that if it was Kansas city or, you know, someone with a more explosive offense that you can't score enough points on this particular week, maybe they, they're a little bit more risk taking there. I was just, uh, I guess I had my fan hat on too much, uh, during that drive. I was like, Oh, cool. Let's, let's see the two minute drill and let's see what Mark can do here. So, uh, a little disappointed in that. We saw the, the saints and 49ers go off on each other. Oh my goodness. And it was a great game, but, but what, how would you feel about being involved in a game like that with having the Ravens? I mean, it'd be an odd place to be to give up that many points defensively. It would be, uh, but I have so much confidence on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I would just hope. I would just want to hope that the Ravens had the ball last. That that would that would be the only thing, you know. Kind of kind of that's. I don't. I'm not scared of any type of game with this team right now. Um, you know, it, it's it'll be interesting when they're. You know, they they showed their grit. Uh, against San Francisco and and they did and, have the ball and, and Buffalo 
and and prove that they could win in different situations, different weather situations to, against better. It, it amazes me. It still goes back, you know, where, you know, you, you think you think go back six weeks and everybody's saying, oh, the Ravens are doing well, but who have they played? And then you look at the last six weeks and it's like, who haven't they played? I mean, they've played everybody. Uh, you, If you believe in these power rankings, they've played, you know, six of the top 10 teams in the NFL <laughs> and have gone 6-0, and which is unreal, and they've blown most of them out. So you'd have um, to be a special kind it, of bias to try I, and find really it. after the Buffalo game because I'll be quite honest, that was the one game that really scared me. Um, I, I I don't have any fear of what type of game. Um, we, we, I prefer the the Rams type situation versus the, the 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 game we saw between San Francisco and New Orleans. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't think you would be fearful of that. I think the Rams and the Texans game obviously were good ones. Uh, why don't we Why don't we uh, go to skill position players here? I want to make sure we we keep the show kind of on on track here. But talk about a player, and then I'll take a player in terms of a, of some of the offense you just want to discuss. Did something you like? Play you like? Whatever you Whatever you'd like to talk about, Ken. And we'll so kind of react I, to each other. You know, the 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 person I want to talk about is Miles Boykin. Believe it or not, because. And, and it's not about the the touchdown catch, and it's always nice to see that. His downfield blocking outstanding is so good for a, a rookie to come into this league and understand to how to do that and be selfless to a degree and say, okay, I know I may get one or two targets, but I'm really important. I just love how physical and aggressive he is on those on blocking downfield. And I couldn't be more impressed with him um, in that situation. And, and he's been all year long and he consider, I mean, he's 20 yards downfield blocking. Yeah, last night we had uh, uh, coach Evans on the show and he has, he had some no block, no rock t-shirts made up, which is a motto he, <laughs> he preaches to his high school team. Boykin is doing exactly the right things for himself to earn himself more playing time with his blocking. Obviously, Roberts has been a fine blocker, too. Uh, but Boykin downfield, he just has a sense of position relative to the runner. It's almost like you're watching Marshall Yonda pivot through the hole on a, on a power run to see him kind of keep himself consistently between the thing. He also has an advantage of he's enormous and the, the yes. cornerbacks he's blocking, you know, he outweighs by 40 pounds. So it's a it's a nice situation for Miles, and he's definitely doing what he needs to to earn more time. I mean, I'll pick a player now. I, I'm going to pick uh, Patrick Ricard. Uh, great day blocking, some off-target throws. I think they really want to get Ricard back in the receiving game. Uh, I do think he's a player that can really help them. And I, I've mentioned on the show before, Ovi Mihaly, 2006, came from nowhere to have a big receiving year uh, with one catch at Tennessee that really started the whole wave. So uh, I still think that Ricard is part of their plans going forward to be to have a bigger receiving role because it's very complimentary. Yeah, uh, he's he's a fascinating case study in the NFL because <laughs> we don't have those two-way players and he does everything really really well and they he could catch the ball he was just uh like you said they were off target throws uh towards him but I I, I so enjoy him and he, he's again one of those guys when they put him in you think it's going to be a run because uh, of his of his size and they have used him in so many ingenious ways this year that it it's 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 one of those pieces that that 
Um, I'm glad you took him after I took Boykin because they're two guys that are really unheralded uh, as far as the splash plays, but they're so important to this offense. All right. Your, your turn. Who do you want? My turn. I, I'm, I'm going to take Gus Edwards. Um, okay. The reason I'm going to take Gus Edwards is because he, he averaged, I think, over six yards a carry uh, this week. Um, he seems like he's the he's gotten a nice niche as far as he gives uh, not only Ingram a break, but he's the closer in the in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. um, when they need those tough yards and they, and they need to grind them out. And to to go from where he finished the season last year. Again, unselfless, you know, uh, you know, uh, really, really uh, doing what's best for the team. And, and but he's a really good he, he runs hard on every carry. And, you know, if you, when you have a change and you don't lose anything when your starting running back goes off, goes out, out of the game for whatever reason, that's a really important piece to have. And he continually uh you know, gets those tough yards, runs hard, and if he can average six yards a carry, uh, fantastic. Well, I, there's virtually been no change in Gus Edwards from 18 to 19. I mean, he's a, he's almost the same player. He's a big back. They use him in similar situations. Obviously, they do use him in this closer role you're talking about. It's great to get him in there for a play when you're not sure if you want a downhill run or a read option. So it's 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 a good opportunity for that. But 2018, he had 137 carries for 5.2 per carry and two touchdowns. 2019, he's got 100 <laughs> carries for 515 yards, 5.2 per carry and two touchdowns. So it's, it really, there's been no back off, and I agree with you. It's It's been very nice to see that there doesn't seem to be an animosity or any kind of problem that goes with it. Uh, you know, he's going to he's gonna have some good amount of tread on the tires when he comes up for free agency, when that is. He certainly is building a terrific resume. Yeah, absolutely. Your turn. All right, my turn. So who do I want to talk? I'll talk a little bit about Seth Roberts because he certainly had a huge game. He had been getting a couple of catches in the previous weeks where he seemed to get absolutely smacked as he caught the ball a couple of times. And they were short yardage, first downs, because a lot of Roberts' throws seemed to be first downs. But he was really getting killed on the other end. It's nice to see him get a few balls downfield, a little bit of open space to run with after the catch. And, uh, and really make some things happen. So uh, he's, he's been a, certainly a very good blocker for the Ravens, done that well, uh, very complimentary player. Not a guy I thought all that highly of when the Ravens got him, you know, a slot guy. And the last thing the Ravens needed was another slot pony, frankly, with, with who they had. And, uh, and then to, to, to have him basically be an outside receiver in, in, for most of his usage here has been, uh, been very good. Yeah, um, you know he's been more and more involved as as the season has gone on as a, as a pass catcher. Uh, the concentration on the touchdown uh, catch was fantastic. Uh, but it seems like you know even when he was at Oakland, he was he was a he was a big play guy for Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. He was a, he was that downfield you know threat for them. So it is a part of his game that uh, they can they can utilize a little bit more. And, uh, again, one of those things that I think, you know, when teams start to try to take away something else, it's another weapon that they have as he's been, you know, really good at, at getting behind the defense, uh, you know, last couple of weeks. So it's, uh, it's good to see. All right. 
All right, we've had a chance on a few skill position players. Let's move on now. Talk a little bit about the Ravens' position and and where they are right now. Obviously, they're going to be favored the rest of the way to Miami. Every game that they continue to win, uh, they have an opportunity to win themselves an extra week off this next week in Cleveland. I think they they go into Cleveland on fire basically to win this game. We'll see how the Browns show up for it. You know, the Browns are a team, obviously not not. Uh, well, I guess they're playing for their playoff lives, right? Now, isn't that is that technically true, or are they actually out of it? At yeah, this point? they're still they're still hanging on by a thread. <laughs> okay, so they're they're six and seven. They might win Sunday. They might lose Sunday. If they lose Sunday, they're in a lot of trouble. I think if they lose Sunday, they're out, depending on what what else happens. But yeah, that, I mean, they're but it's the it's the Ravens. They're they're going to be up for that. It seems like they're always up for that. All right, and uh, we talked a little bit with the coach about about who you would sit in that final game, assuming they win. Where are you on that? If the game means nothing, um, it's going to be a four, like the fourth preseason game for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not any piece that, that I think is a starter. um, I'm not, I'm not risking, especially, if the game means something for Pittsburgh, you could have a really desperate team coming in uh, to play their hardest on every single snap. So <clears throat> Ravens win next week. I'll take my chances. This this team has played hard the entire year. Um, I'm sitting everybody. I mean, maybe it's a, it's a Justice Hill week uh, for me. <laughs> okay. But no, I'm not – I don't believe in the well. It's they'll have a first round buy, so that means they'll have three weeks off. It, it it's okay, it's okay. Uh, lots of lots of value in that they have. They are a dinged up team, as every team is this time of year. But uh, but you know certainly they could they do that. They also have some young talent that hasn't gotten a shot. Jaleel Scott could be activated. Right. You know, it, Ben Powers. I don't see a reason not to activate him for that game. Let's put it that way. Uh, maybe there's an injury concern that I'm not aware of, but but I wouldn't see a reason. Iman Marshall, I'd like to see him get some time at cornerback. I'd like to see Anthony Averett get back on the field just in case we need him in the postseason. Uh, you know, so there's some, you know, there's a fair number of players that that they really would like to see. Hey, what can they do? Maybe maybe even get Chris Board back in there to really see if he can play some inside linebacker for this team again. So they've they've got uh, certainly a lot of players, and they'll have some players they really want to sit out, like Yanda, probably probably Ronnie Stanley. I would think they're going to want to sit out. Uh, so there'll be some questions, certainly, uh, certainly beyond that. I, I usually go three, two, one from here, like hockey stars for the MVP. Do you want to do that with me, or do you want to you want to have your own list, or what would you like to do? Uh, we we can, you know, we can do that. Uh, you can give yours. I can give mine. Uh, All right. If you like, I'll start with my number three. You go ahead with your number three after me, then. So my my number three is Mark Ingram. Uh, another good game, running and receiving. Uh, happy to see him uh, dance his way into the end zone a couple times, once as a runner, once as a receiver. Uh, mine was uh, Marquise Brown. Uh, I thought he showed some toughness and taking a couple of uh, pretty good uh, smacks across the middle. And then the the concentration uh, to get his feet down uh, on that touchdown uh, pass, uh, a touchdown grab uh, was just fantastic. So he, he's he's a very important part if he can stay healthy. Yeah, great choice. Uh, my number two, I'm going to cheat a little bit and, and give a split award to Hurst and Bozeman, who were the two best offensive linemen. I, it wouldn't be fair to not include Bozeman when he probably outplayed Hurst by a little bit, but Hurst stepping in for Stanley at the more important position, obviously absolutely critical uh, 
anytime he has to do that. Uh, my number, uh, my number two was uh, Mark Andrews. There was some uh, question whether he was even going to be active this week. Uh, you know, maybe because it was the more so because it was the short week. But he's he's obviously uh, the the knee injury or whatever it was was not serious. Um, he's still the top weapon, uh, his top target uh, for for Lamar Jackson. And you know, if uh, I'm sure Lamar would tell you he wants that one throw back. But right. he has a knack of getting, making the, the the tough catches on third down when you when you need when you need to keep the chains moving, and uh, you know he he has a way of getting behind the defense as well. So, I, I he's my number two. Great choice. I love that fourth down conversion too, where all of a sudden they hook up on a thirty six yard play. It's just a dagger. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine we have the same number one. I'm with Lamar Jackson. We talked about him considerably so far. I don't think there's any need to add, but the but the comeback and to prove he could play in nice, cold, normal January Baltimore conditions, very exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, it's like the guy who scores the hat trick. There's no, there's no <laughs> uh, mystery to this. Uh, it's Lamar Jackson, the five touchdowns, the breaking the – the record uh, for for rushing yards, uh, the whole the whole night was 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 a celebration for him. All right, Josh, how you doing? What do we have in the mailbag here? All right, well, uh, we have about a hundred questions about Terrell Suggs and his chances coming back to Baltimore. So we're going to skip all those. Everyone can check out the special Suggs episode that came out yesterday uh, to have all of those questions and a whole lot more answered. But we are going to get to. This, uh, did either of you have a problem with Lamar staying in there for that first drive in the fourth quarter? Yeah, you go ahead first, Ken. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a huge problem with it. I mean, he's your starting quarterback. I, I get it. If they had, if they wanted to take him out, I wouldn't have had a problem with it that way either. Um, I think it was one more drive and, and it was fine. Uh, I, I really don't. I, I, I didn't at the time. I know there was a lot of discussion on, on social media about it. Why is he still in the game? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, he's your starting quarterback. I mean, we, we see this all the time. People don't come out of games. They want to play. Lamar, Lamar's in, in, in Harb's ear every second, you know, begging for more, more, more. So I, I didn't really have a big problem with it. All right. I, I didn't like it, but uh, – but- Hey, what are you going to do? I just it, we're going to not like it more that first time he gets hurt. You saw Griffin come in, go down hard on his back on the sideline on on one of the first plays. Might have been the first play where he ran and and went down hard. I'm thinking, well, nobody's immune, of course, but you know, if there's if we have two players here, we want to be taking that chance with Lamar. Of course, if it was Lamar, he'd probably shot by him for going to twenty or something. So right. Yeah. All right. Uh, have either of you noticed improvements on how Lamar is protecting himself or the team doing a better job of keeping him safe, especially late in those games? Certainly he's getting sacked less than he was early in the year. The first five weeks of the year, I believe he had one, two, three, four, and five sacks each time. So his, his sacks have gone way down. The, the impact of those sacks has been lower. I still feel like there have been a couple times where he's held the bell too long. But uh, generally speaking, I think he's doing some better things to protect himself. Um, and the offensive line is gelled and is probably playing a little better right now than they have uh, at any point this season. Yeah, I thought I thought we saw the hardest hit he taken all year in, in this week's game. Um, and, 
he, I think he would tell you he was probably stunned by it. He thought he had gotten around, uh, but you know, a guy came across the middle and really gave him a nice jolt, but he popped up and, and all that. I, I think he's very, very good at protecting himself. He seems to have the right, whether it's stepping away or, or, or diving under, he seems very in tune that, uh, the, uh, to avoid the big hit. I can't name five big hits he's taken this year um, at any point, whether it's in the pocket or outside the pocket. So not uh, not too concerned. Two last week against Buffalo had me concerned. The high-low hit and the hit that he took in the pocket that actually caused the quad bruise uh, was a was a mid-thigh hit towards the left side of the pocket. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's been exceptional at protecting himself. And, honestly, I've seen Flacco take many more bigger hits in the pocket and, and get up from them. So happy to see it. Well, see, I, I just think Lamar's going to get hurt from standing on the sideline because he's not <laughs> one of these guys that goes and sits on the bench. He's right there on the edge and picking guys up when they get knocked <laughs> over. Like cameramen and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. All right, but uh, we can't let Casey go without giving him a chance to talk about John Harbaugh and the HWO and his uh, frustration <laughs> for John Harbaugh. So... Let me say this. This uh, I, I'm not a hardball guy. I've never been a hardball guy. It's it's fine. It it it's just one of those things. I think that he is not the best coach as far as clock, as far as handling timeouts, as far as handling challenges. I've uh, been critical of him uh, with that. I also feel that he is loyal to a fault as far as allowing his offensive and defensive coaches to coach, um, which some would say is a good thing. And it, it is on one hand, but on the other, I just, I would like the head coach every once in a while to step in and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're running the ball at eight yards a clip. Can we continue running the ball? We shouldn't at eight yards a clip. We shouldn't have nine rushes this year. He's been a lot better. Uh, no doubt about that. I still think he's challenged as far as clock and time go. Uh, but his player, and I've always said this, his players play hard for him. So it's hard, you know, what are you going to do? I, I, I think that, uh, he should send half his paycheck all the time to, to Lamar Jackson. Cause without Lamar, I don't know if he was, he'd be here. Uh, all right. I, I well, that's just, that's just this. mine. I know kid. I know. I, but I, I got to react to it at least a little bit. Harbaugh has advanced so far in terms of the way he's embraced analytics this year. And it's not just what people are saying. It's I was all over him for it, in particular for the Christmas game at Pittsburgh, where they didn't really take the time to run down the clock before they scored. And, and, And it's ridiculous. You understand completely going up the field exactly what's going on. You literally could have ordered into the huddle that if Juszczyk breaks through on third and one, he's not scoring, he's kneeling. At the one-yard line. Wouldn't have been a hard thing to get into the play. Couldn't do that. There's been other things I've been critical of him on in terms of not not exactly understanding the rules to be able to challenge things. Uh, particularly a Jets uh, move where they lost 11 yards on a blocked field goal that should have been moved back to the spot of the kick. And, and for some reason, nobody on their staff right. convinced him to challenge it. Anyway, there have been various things over the years that I, that I don't think have gone well. But Harbaugh has the perfect set of coordinators to give the complete reins to this year. I mean, maybe that's, it's just luck of circumstances, but what he's also done is given the reins to his analytics guys to tell him much more of the time 
which way to go. He obviously has put more trust in them so that the headset elf who's talking to him is saying, you know, this, this will improve our chances to win the game slightly if we go for it on this fourth down here. He's taking that advice and he's, and he's moving with it. I, again, I, like I said before, I think he's done a much better job this year. Um, it's probably, for me, um, the most impressed I've been with him this year. He still peeks his head up every once in a while to remind me that, that he's the hardball <laughs> that I've been critical of. Um, you know, the analytics, uh, I'm an old man. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not where everybody else is with the analytics. I, I kind of joked this week after, uh, after Tucker missed, uh, the extra point, I was like, great, we're going, we're going to chase that one point for the rest of the game now. And then he got the two point conversion and it, it, and it you know, it, it's over. So I, I just there are times when the analytics on fourth down decisions, I'm all about it. If it tells you to go for it, go for it. He's been really good at that. I'm still kind of I'm still not there personally with the with the two point conversions. Um, the, the Kansas City thing still boggles my mind, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going back to that game early on, how how you you had the silence of the crowd and we just let them back in it but uh, that's just that maybe that's me being too slow on the analytics and, and still being a little bit more of a traditionalist um but at the end of the day look I'm a I'm a high school coach as well um if your team plays hard for you and they respect you uh, that goes a long way and this team obviously plays hard they're having a lot of fun with it I think Harbaugh has grown as a head coach and is allowing the players to have their fun a little bit more, you know, they're, they, they, to allow big personalities to be part of the locker room. Um, that was a challenge for him earlier in his career. So, uh, again, I'll still be critical when there are things that, uh, you know, challenges and, and when, when the coach says, you know, I'm never going to, challenge pass interference again and the next game he chess he challenges a pass interference call it drives me nuts it's like you just told me that you're not going to do it so i don't think he, i don't think you gave a warranty with that thing, but i understand <laughs> but but he look I, I i i appreciate what he's done this season and how he's how he's allowed Ooh, what happened there how he's allowed uh uh, his, his uh, young, you know, hotshot quarterback to kind of kind of grow and, and have some fun with him. Uh, all right. More. All right. Uh, well, Casey, I want everyone to give you a follow on Twitter at fans fantasy. If you still care about fantasy football this week, it's because you're in the championship. So get your questions over to Ken and check out pressboxonline.com and Ken's show over there. Ken, thanks for joining us thank you so much for having me guys i enjoyed it i appreciate it ken all right and then our and then our own ken ken mccusick filmstudybaltimore.com uh this is coming out on monday morning i imagine that the offensive breakdown and defensive breakdowns are both now up on the site they should both be now up on the site Given our recording time, I don't know that for a fact, but I am I am intending that to be the case. And you should also be able to listen to the Terrell Suggs podcast uh, with a little bit more detail on his 2019 season to date and how uh, we think he may be able to fit in with the uh, with the 2019 Ravens. All right, hey, does the uh, extra time that we have this week that will help get Suggs in and get him prepared, right? 
excited about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much time Suggs really needs to prepare at this point. Suggs is a is a very crafty, longtime NFL veteran. But yeah, if 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 there's anything he needs to adapt to that's new about Martindale's defense from last year, sure. All right, all right, guys. Well, we will talk soon. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.